Welcome to Brad Kyle's Brad's Motor Works podcast. We'll be talking about some things about BMW, some things of cars in general, and some things about car repair. I hope you find it educational, enlightening, and I hope it increases your understanding of your car. And maybe along the way we'll have some fun too. Thank you for listening, and here we go. Episode number 94, The Importance of Asking Why with ADAS Repairs. This one's going to be kind of unusual for for most uh, you listening to it, considering you know you're the owner of the car. You may or may not be interested at all in the repair process. Um, and again, this is about ADAS systems, which means Advanced Driver Assistance Systems. Uh, cars are certainly having more and more of those kinds of systems, whether they be active cruise control, park, uh, you know, park assist. Uh, emergency braking. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. There's about 25 to 30 different names for the different systems that are out there. Uh, but this is all leading, of course, towards ultimately uh, autonomous cars and the different levels that they might be made available. Okay, and that's the ADAS systems are leading into that. Okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna reference a couple of other previous podcasts I've done in regards to if you want to know more about what ADAS systems are, and again, just kind of more information about them. Um, the first one would be check out episode number 22, which is entitled From Distracted Driving to Autonomous Cars and Beyond. Uh, that's a good one to, that, that I talk about the different autonomous systems. Uh, episode number 57, which is autonomous car ownership, ride sharing, and use on demand. Another one would be episode 80, which is called Self-Driving Cars, an update of where we are. And then the last one would be episode number 92, which is autonomous vehicles and mapping, where the heck am I? Okay, those are all good um, uh, podcasts that, again, I expand on uh, what ADAS systems are and kind of where we are with the technology. Um, Like I say, the reason I'm doing this one, and and I want to give credit, certainly, this is from directly from a trade magazine, an automotive repair trade magazine. It happens to be called Collision Repair. I want to make it clear that I am not I'm not in the auto body shop or collision repair business. I never have been. Um, this is strictly, I'm going to read this article, uh, verbatim, word for word. And the reason I'm doing this particular one, it just really seemed like this particular article kind of really struck me that for someone who is the owner of a car and the car has various ADAS systems, and if by chance those systems have to be repaired because of either some kind of an accident or even something as relatively simple as having your windshield replaced, there are things that have to be done to the car uh, procedures and, and stuff like that if different uh, parts of these ADAS systems are replaced or like I say uh, even if it can be simple as something as having a, a tire alignment done on the car if it changes uh, different the camera angles and sensors and things like that anything the car has to be recalibrated okay the ADAS systems have to be calibrated and frankly this is quite a uh, procedure Okay, we're talking about finding, it's almost like uh, you better better hope you remember your geometry uh, in high school or something. And if you didn't take it, you're going to be learning it pretty quick if, if someone's, if, if you're a repair person. Okay, but you already know that. But in any case, it just seemed like this would be really informative for someone. I think if as the owner of the car, uh, I think just by kind of having this information, it gives you more of you know questions to ask uh, the body shop or the collision shop or for again someone even as simply as replacing your windshield 
Um, you know, if you, uh, to me, a person who's more informed can certainly ask better questions if they're so inclined. And, um, you know, you're going to get hopefully good answers. And like I say, this just, just is going to uh, hopefully enlighten you about the different ADAS systems. So again, this was, um, this is a direct article from Collision Repair. It was from the August of 2020 edition. And the author, his name is Sean Guthrie. Uh, he is a body shop owner, also an instructor. Um, he's been around for quite some time. Uh, he is, well, as a matter of fact, quote, he's the director of operations for Car Crafters Collision Centers in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Guthrie oversees the seven locations handling their DRP and OEM relationships. He is an ICAR Platinum ASC certified multiple OEM trained and sits on two advisory boards. So, he knows what he's talking about, and like I say, I just I like the way he this article is written. I think it'll really, you know, it's written from the standpoint it's really more for the repair technician and or body shop owner, okay? But I thought it was written in such a way that, that again, I, I hope that as the owner of the car and you're listening to this, that uh, it's not going to go over your head, I don't think, and I, I think there's a lot of good information there. So, let's get started. Um, so... Technicians take note. Advanced driver assistance systems are here with more on the way. There is significant benefit to the general population with increased implementation and increased ability of these assistance systems. By all accounts, these systems will result in a decrease in the quantity of collisions and hopefully reduce vehicle-related casualties. This will come with an increase in the cost and complexity of repairs, however, and it is vital to understand how crucial accuracy is in, is in every aspect of the job. As humans, we desire to understand. The question of why is undeniably important now. In meetings with my team and or with sublet vendors, I like to play the part of an unwise, uneducated individual. I like to ask why a lot. I want them to give me explanations beyond the textbook answers they simply memorized and are repeating. It is important that we all think for ourselves and seek answers. Neither this article nor any other article can answer all of the whys we are going to have. What I am hoping for is that I can give some foundation that will allow for f further answers. The elements of a proper repair. When we dig deeper into the actual imp implementation of repairs on ADAS, there is a huge gap between the current status quo and a proper repair. We are asked to spend more time performing operations that can be difficult to accomplish. It can be difficult to quantify the time required for such repairs and a challenge to receive fair compensation. Along with time and expense, these operations demand more understanding to accomplish and subsequently teach to others, and they require more knowledge to negotiate. The hurdles for shop estimators are three-tiered. First, they have to believe in the need to write for the operations. Secondly, they have to have they have to they then have to ensure the technicians understand and will perform the operation. And lastly, they have to be knowledgeable enough to negotiate payment. Many times technicians are taking on the responsibility of the research aspect, knowing that they are held responsible for the repairs. For the technicians, their burden includes having to negotiate with their managers, teach their fellow teammates, and overall raise awareness. Knowledgeable insurance adjusters have their own struggles. They face the difficulty of getting shops they work with to comprehend 
and acknowledge the need which will likely present enormous adversity. As we continue to explore new territory, the foundation of accuracy will remain and demand to it just as the OEM specifies will be increasingly imperative. Currently, we know that most of these systems work in a similar fashion, and so far, all of the new systems continue to work in the same way. As we all figure out how to create a process that works, we must also consider that it is feasible to believe that the way these systems function will evolve just as the ability of these systems evolve. That may make some repairs easier and others more difficult. Regardless, the foundation of accuracy will be critical. One step that is nearly always required to properly calibrate ADAS, ADAS is ensuring correct suspension and body alignment. This step may not be listed on all the repair procedures for the ADAS calibration. A lack of alignment verification may be due to the assumption made by manufacturers that the calibration is being done on an undamaged vehicle. Another reason why this may not be in the repair procedure for the ADAS calibration is because many OEMs have special procedures that must be performed on every repair. Inspections required after a collision is a prerequisite for every repair procedure. Many of those state that you must perform four-wheel thrust alignment and or measure unibody or frame for structural alignment after a collision. So why is this consideration so important? In order for all the systems to work, all systems have to be in alignment. The body must be straight, tires must be straight to the body, and the sensors must be calibrated to the same straight line. If the alignment is straight but the body is sitting crooked, that will cause a problem. Some sensors are calibrated to the direction of travel while others are calibrated to the vehicle center line. Looking at and understanding how a car interacts with itself can often help you to further understand proper repair procedures. Let's assume the wheel alignment is perfect. Steer steering wheel sits dead level when driving straight and the steering angle sensor is calibrated to zero. Now imagine that the front structure is askew five millimeters to the left. We adjusted the gaps and the fender gap is good to the left door well within factory tolerances. Hood gap is good, bumpers look good, our technician is proud of a job well done and doesn't think twice that the adjustments are maxed out. After all, if the OEM didn't want you to use such adjustment room, why would they have made the part with that much? We follow the OEM repair procedures for the ADAS calibration, hanging a plumb bob off the front emblem and another off the rear, shoot a laser to intersect both, and mark the ground. Targets are set at the exact location that is required. All measurements are checked and double-checked. Location of the, the location of that target is square to the center line, but remember, that center line is unknowingly off 5 millimeters to the left. Now the sensors aren't 90 degrees to the back half of the body, and they are certainly not 90 degrees to the, to the direction of travel, or if it's a front camera calibration, it's not, it's not perfectly parallel to the direction of travel. Instead, whatever target we place will be off just slightly. At 100 inches, distance away from many targets, it may be one inch off. It's only off by 1%. But these sensors read 100 yards, which means that one inch turns into one yard. One yard off could miss seeing an object altogether, and thus the system won't operate correctly. 
The thrust alignment can create the same issue. A sensor can be aligned to a straight body, but a car going down the road just one degree off due to a thrust alignment issue at 100 yards is mathematically off nearly one yard. Other factors affecting calibration. Many calibration procedures require that all the tires are checked and set to the correct pressure or the correct size, that the car isn't overloaded with personal items, and that the fuel load is at a specific level. Why? The angle of the height of the car front to back dictates where the sensor will look up and down. When the target is placed at the exact right distance from the sensor at the exact right, right height, the computer is expecting the angle of the car to be exactly right. If the front tires are low or the fuel load too low and those items are corrected at a later date, the car will have an angle that the sensor cannot compensate for. The sensors do have a range to operate in and it's just large enough for when all things are perfect. Alter that range by not checking all the boxes before performing the calibration and you may alter the vehicle's angle by a degree or more. That could mean the sensor is looking at the sky or at the ground instead of at the object directly in front of it. Again, the same one degree and a hundred yards translates to two and a half feet of misalignment. As the sensor is looking for the center of a car at hundred yards, two and a half feet of height misalignment could have it looking at the ground are right above a normal size sedan. Vehicles have a requirement that calibrations are performed with a bumper R&I, which means remove and install, or windshield R&I, not just after a replacement or removal of the sensor itself, but after simply taking the components off directly in front of the sensors. Why? When the sensors are looking through a bumper, an emblem, or the windshield, it is like a human looking through a set of glasses. Glass lenses are cut in such a way that the focal point of the lens is in line with the center of the eye. Moving the lens one direction or another can alter the lens shape and thus change the optics of the lens. Think of a scope on a gun. If the scope is altered by a fraction of a millimeter on the gun barrel, then at 100 yards the target will be missed. Sighting in a scope requires that the target is hit dead on on the bullseye at close range in order to ensure that at maximum distance the target can still be hit. Altering the optics for the sensor less than an inch in front of it can cause the sensor to believe that the center is, to, is in just a slightly different spot. The only way to ensure that its center is correct is to recalibrate. Keeping with the changes. Bottom line. We are at a crossroads with the current status quo. Manufacturers are rightly forging ahead with assistance packages to avoid a crash rather than trying to simply make a vehicle safer during a crash. However, they are lacking in providing methods to ensure all those systems are working correctly. The only way to ensure they will perform correctly after repair is to properly calibrate the system. There is a huge need to follow procedures to be sure vehicles are being properly handled, repaired, and aligned. There is also a huge need for there to be more understanding between shops and insurance companies and for all parties to have more knowledge regarding the entire process and the functionality of the vehicle that are being produced with these systems. As we all move into new territory in this industry, it is going to be imperative that we find a way to work together to ensure that vehicles are safe, our, all parties are being fairly compensated and educated, and that we were able to truly understand the why behind the questions. That's the end of the article. Um, as I said, this is written for the repair technician and the shop owner, but um, there's a lot there. And I hope, if nothing else, that 
um, you know, again, as a vehicle owner, you realize that, um, you know, with ADAS systems, yes, they are there to hopefully either protect you if there is an accident or possibly even prevent the accident in the first place. But that's not to say that obviously just because a car is not in an accident that these systems are not going to necessarily have to be recalibrated. As he mentioned, something as simple as having to remove a bumper cover for another repair for something else um, by rights, that car is going to have to go through an ADAS calibration. Okay, And I mean, I'm hearing uh, stories and amounts of three, four, five, six, seven hundred dollars for for an, a uh, recalibration. Okay, um, Right now, at this point in time, very few shops are doing them in the area that I'm in. Uh, it's quite it's not just an expense of the equipment and the training for the technician you have to have a huge amount of free floor open space to to do a calibration okay there can't be anything on the floor uh, there can't be anything in the way no hoists no equipment no nothing typically the size of the space that's required that's that's free clear floor space is usually about 20 by 40 feet okay you have to have proper lighting no you cannot do it outside okay uh, which sounds crazy. It's like, wait a minute, why can't we calibrate it outside? The car is being driven outside. That's not the way the calibration process works. Um, you have to have good lighting in the in the shop. There can't be anything glaring. Um, it can be, you know, quite a process to sh set up a shop properly to be able to do ADAS calibrations. And I could see potentially in the future where there may be uh, some shops that decide that that's all they're going to do, that they have maybe a, like a large industrial uh, unit that they have kind of a warehouse type space and so they can do multiple calibrations at the same time on different cars um, that's certainly a possibility but um, you know these are systems that you know like I say they're very advanced um, it requires either some very accurate measuring with tape measures or possibly you know there's a constant change in the tools that are available to do these calibrations um, it's you know, as we go down the road, um, it might be where, uh, you know, shops, I mean, they're taking on a lot of liability. And so there might be some situations where the calibration process, they preferred to do it through the manufacturer's OEM website. And so now when they're all done and the, and the computer actually says, okay, this car is calibrated properly as per OEM specifications, uh, they can print out a piece of paperwork and keep it in the file to prove that they did it correctly. This is all going to cost money, folks. So, you know, again, I, I think if nothing else, hopefully you have a better understanding after listening to this particular one. Uh, I realize it wasn't, you know, geared towards the owner per se, but um, my hope is is that it, you've become a little bit more educated. So I uh, appreciate your time and listening. Uh, again, if you want to get a hold of me via email, it's bkpodcasts5 at gmail.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. And uh, recently, I, I do have, I am a, 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 have set up a patron account. Um, there are some of the podcasts that I've made available only as a, a, pay, a paid patron uh, member. Uh, I, I did that really for the ones that I thought that we could, if you listen to them and apply what I, what I talked to you about, um, I, you're going to save a lot of money, whether it be in re car repairs or finding a good shop or... Uh, whether you should buy an extended service contract, so on and so forth. Uh, I mean, some of these different podcasts that I've done, if you apply them and really take it to heart, you can save thousands upon thousands of dollars. And that's not just over necessarily a long period of time. So 
check them out. Um, there's still most of them are certainly all still free, but there are some that, um, like I say, are only available if you're a patron member. I'm basically asking for $5 a month uh, as a membership fee. You can pay less than that if you want to. You could pay more. Um, it is a recurring charge. You could certainly sign up and download a bunch of them and, um, you know, uh, cancel your subscription the next month if you were so inclined. But certainly I hope you appreciate and, and uh, value uh, the information you're getting from these different podcasts I've done. And, uh, you know, you help support the ongoing training and, and uh, all the different things that have to be done to make a car repair uh, properly and and keep people's cars on the road. So I appreciate your time. I appreciate you listening. Um, I hope you have a fantastic day and a great tomorrow. And, uh, you know, as always, let's look out for one another and, and uh, you know, say hi to people. And I know we're not supposed to shake hands right now and all that stuff, but uh, you know, you can smile with your eyes and, uh, you know, try to, let's look out for one another. So again, I appreciate your time and I hope you have a fantastic day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's been an honor and a privilege to spend time with you. I hope you found this of value. Please share it with family and friends. Above all else, with all you're getting, get understanding. May God bless you and keep you, and thank you again.